Hey guys, here we are at Horror Movie Survival Guide. Nope, try that again. Take that was great. <laughs> That's really how it is, though, because you know what? We can't see each other right now, Julia, because we here at Horror Movie Survival Guide are recording remotely right now. So uh, because of, you know, um, a little thing called the corona um, is going around. And so we are doing our part to um, shelter in place and, and stay safe and keep our social distance with our friends and family. And that includes our friends that we record with together. Yeah, it's very weird to not be looking at your face while I'm doing this show because we are always right across the table from each other. Yep. Uh, but of course, we are in quarantine, as if in the horror movie ourselves, one might say. And here to do our best are trying to record uh, from three different locations. Our, our producer Wes is also here. So we just wanted to give you a little disclaimer and let you guys know that um, we are doing our best to give you the best sound and quality that we can uh, with our equipment from home. So if if it doesn't sound like the pod usually does, that's why. Uh, but we love you and we are still happy to give you content and bring out fresh shows each week um, as long as we can. And it's feasible and possible. We do appreciate your support and your understanding. Of course. And so, yes, just be a little generous with any technical glitches you might hear. We, uh, we hope you know that we're trying to give you something to give you a little bit of cheer in this kind of dreary time. But we're here for you and we love you guys. And we are so happy to have you as listeners. Stay safe and healthy and enjoy the show. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the final girl. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Terry. Terry. <laughs> I'm Julia. Uh, this week we're talking about 2014's The Sweet Blood of Jesus. Of Jesus. By the, Spike Lee. A Spike Lee joint. A Spike Lee joint. The title of this episode is I'm Addicted to Blood. Um, yep. I, couldn't, I couldn't find a tagline. Maybe movie, modern movies seem to not really have taglines anymore, which makes me sad. So sorry about that uh well, the title written- is already pretty much a tagline do you know what i mean yeah. though like i feel like it's already kind of got its own little thing mm-hmm. uh so this was written uh by bill gunn vinnie laraxa and spike lee uh it was crowdfunded on kickstarter and filmed in 16 days uh wow. so this movie is basically a almost a hundred percent uh remake of a movie called ganja and hess that bill gunn also wrote and directed that came out uh in 1973 with our friend Dwayne jones who we know and love from night of the living dead yeah. as dr hess oh, uh, and also yes and also marlene clark as ganja so i watched both films to prepare for this podcast and it's of course very very similar uh so i, I want to um, watch that i know wes wants to watch it i think too i, I really want to yeah. check it out i mean Dwayne jones is you gorgeous know an wonderful. amazing actor and gorgeous as fuck mm-hmm. not to mention uh steven tyrone williams who plays dr hess in this version because, <laughs> wow yum. hot 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 yeah His both energy. of them, both- 
I just was like, why do I not know more about him? Like he's a such like I like compelling actor. <laughs> he's really compelling. Like by compelling, I mean like I want to watch him do everything, like in anything. Mm-hmm. His face, just like his expressions, like uh, just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. But he, um, and he has this kind of energy of like he's very smart and he's very removed and he's very cerebral. And he's not going to give you anything, but he wants everything from you kind of thing. And like, you'd be like, yes, I will give you anything you want. This sounds to me some anachronist or whatever. It feels very Christian gray. Do you know what I mean? They'll like, he's like what I really wanted of freaking what's his face playing that part. Do you know what I mean? They'll like calm, cool, shit ton of money, like has that removedness of like, he's literally had the world handed to him. So there's not so many things he really wants other than to consume people. Do you know what I mean though? In a certain type Mm -hmm. of way. And I am here for it. Um, I just, I love, um, even before we get into this, there's something really poetic about the intro of this movie before mm-hmm. we actually get to any story. It's yeah. a beautiful dancer, um, dancing around the city. It's like a contortion kind of dope ass, like pop lock, like beautiful flowing dancer, um, at the beginning. And these just beautiful establishing shots of like the city of New York. I was like, this is very spikely. Sure. Right. We have, mm-hmm. we have this echo of the beginning of do the right thing, right? We mm-hmm. have Rosie Perez dancing. So I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. You're doing like your, but, but, but had nothing to do with this film at all, nor match the energy of this film at all. Yes and no. <laughs> like we never, we never see that. We never see that guy again. We don't we're even know who he is. That guy again, but it, it, I think it's just setting the stage, so to speak. It's like the prologue in a kind of way. Like, how far is this person going to contort themselves and bend themselves to try to make way through this life? And that's what I got out of this, like the symbolism I I may have made up in my mind about it, but I felt like that's what it was. It's like, even when the world has handed us the strangest of things, especially thinking about everything happening right now and Mm -hmm. the actual like movement of, you know, equality movement, everything too. I think that's something to be said of like this beautiful art that can come out of these really hard places. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's like the personification of this. And we find out that Dr. Hess is this amazing art collector. Um, And he has this massive collection and all these things that have kind of been wrought from these very tough, sometimes tough places and ancient places um, that he's brought together. Yeah, because he has uh, Ashanti is the is the play, the people that he is studying. Um, he has this this very crazy looking dagger that is the relic that he has. He collects these you know relics. Uh, he talks about that they had a very they had a need for blood. That these people decided that blood was the desiring and drinking blood. It's a very uh, antisocial thing. But if you live in a blood society, he says like it makes sense, right? It's like normal thing. Mm-hmm. And we actually before this had had a. a, a big shot of a church and there's a sermon going on. People are, are singing and uh, they, they're doing one of the quotes from the Bible, which is like, you eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood. Um, flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. And that's a big thing. And like, um, depending on what type of church you go to, whether it's like Catholic, it's like a whole like transfiguration right. thing where you think like, actually, when you drink the blood, you're actually drinking Jesus blood and like eating right. the body of Christ. So that's yes. like, you're thinking about that already of like, oh, who's really consuming blood? What, right. who really does and, that? And I, so in that way, we do live in a blood society, right? We have this, all these people who really do think that they're ble- drinking blood and eating flesh. Mm-hmm. So it's really not that 
far removed. There's actually right. um, my my favorite village in uh, England has this creepy, creepy little church, and on the inscription done huge in gold gilt, like on you know beautiful and ancient on the wall is my flesh is meat indeed, my blood is drink indeed. That's what they have up on. And I was like, God damn though. That's some hard ass shit. That's your That's quote. so distressing. I hate it. I hate it. Because <laughs> uh, usually when it's when like, people ask I me like why I don't go to church anymore. I'm like, there's some, there's some reasons, and that might be one of them. Um, that's really really off putting. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but also like they're cutting between a couple of different preachers that are kind of laying the groundwork here too. And I think bringing up some really great questions that I often have too. I think in church settings, there's this one pastor talking about, you know. Um, pick up your Bibles and put down your 22s, put down your 38s, your 45s, basically use the Bible instead of these other weapons. So it's a question of like, is the Bible a weapon? Like how, how is it, is it in replacement of this thing? Is it a peaceful thing or is it not? And then they move from that peaceful, trying to talk about that being a peaceful thing into like, oh, that you have to drink blood and eat flesh though too. So it's like, what is really the conversation of religion, how does it function? Um, and then moving into looking at these ancient relics, I think, and looking at ancient, um, things that are still very similar. Like we still are dealing with weapons. We're still dealing with, um, question of, of, um, feeding the queen is what they talked about. This queen who found this, had this desire and this need for blood and this whole society that ended up people that just were hungry for it. Yes. So, uh, Dr. Dr. Hess Green has a new assistant, Lafayette Hightower, who has come to be helping him with his work, uh, and doing anthropology stuff. Uh, but as he's staying at this sweet ass house that he has, uh, with his servant Seneschal played Played by Rami Malek. So delightfully. Because (sighs) it's interesting because he like, there's like a certain like valet butler energy that's real hard to do that he does so it's like the very like i everything is for you i am just your servant i am very humble i will never step over my bounds like that kind of servant he's really i kind but of he like, also he seems never... like he's above him in some weird way sometimes too it is yeah. wild i love rami so much and i love that he did this part i was like really like did he was, yeah because at first with spike and he's like because i was like right. is he, like this is like a supporting role you know uh-huh. Uh, so Mr. Hightower in the middle of the night, uh, uh, Hess comes out to find him up in his tree with a noose waiting to be used. Uh, and also had this like really deep conversation. I don't want to gloss by that. Like the night before, just about like wealth and kind of like what he has. Um, because Hess is clearly very, very, very wealthy. And he asked him like, how big is this property? And Hess says it's about 40 acres, which is a little hat nod to like, this is, that's the name of, um, Spike's um, production company is about 40 acres and a meal. Um, and that was what was promised to, um, African-American folks, all us black folks after slavery, that was supposed to be the inheritance that was never really, uh, has still not come into fruition, um, to help people beyond slavery. Um, it was supposed to be their birthright basically for helping create this fair land that we all live upon. Um, (laughs) So yeah, Hightower finds his way wandering around the property. He's like, oh, I want to check it, check it out. looks cool. So he starts wandering around, but he doesn't come back. So then that's when Hess is like, hey, where are you at, man? And then he finds him up in this tree with the noose. Um, ready, mm-hmm. ready to do it. And he's like, it's none of your business. Leave me alone. And he's like, actually, you're in my tree and that's my rope. So they're all going to come. Police are going to come ask me a bunch of questions if you kill yourself on my property. So please don't kill yourself on yeah, my he's property. Like, I'm also a black man in this crazy neighborhood. Like they're going to think it's the, me. Like you're setting right, me up. The only not, black man. And we hear loud howling and stuff outside. It's like, Oh, this is not a good look. 
Mm-mm. So he finally fesses up that he's been in Bellevue for the last six months, uh, which is an insane asylum, basically. And he's been treated and he's trying to do his own help on himself too. Like he's like, I've been reading blogs. I've been reading self-help. I'm hope this doesn't affect my job, sir. <laughs> yeah. He says he's been doing anything to find a way to cope with a society I despise. And his ex-wife like who's been troublesome as well. They have a bad relationship. She um, that she's a total bitch and she's ruining his life. Um, and so then you think like, okay, he's calmed down. Everything's fine. They're going to go to bed. Uh, except in the middle of the night, uh, Mr. Hightower comes in and starts to attack Hess uh, and stabs him in the heart with the dagger, the horrible Ashanti dagger that he had had well, before. Well, he comes like, in with Ooh. an axe and he switches yeah. weapons midway. That, that Ashanti sword is like calling his name. It was something about after they had both touched it the night before that like it like really affected both of them in this crazy mm-hmm. pact kind of a way. Uh, so yeah, so then he stabs him, uh, goes back to the main house and shoots himself through the heart. Like, oh, come on through the heart. Yeah. Uh, after he's had this very curious time, he's, it, it was such a cr- weird scene too. Cause he, before he shot himself, he sits in a bathtub and brushes his teeth while sitting yeah. in the bathtub. And I was like, yeah. that doesn't with no water in it just looked kind of okay. crazy. Okay. So here's the thing though, in the, in the original in Ganja and Hess, mm-hmm. same scene, taking a bath, actual water in the bath, brushes his teeth with his own fucking bath water. And then is like spitting it and drinking it and putting it all over his face. And I was like, that's one of the most <laughs> disgusting things I've ever seen. No, okay, cool, cool. do not brush I your teeth. I still want to watch it, but that's pretty fucking gross. Um, <laughs> and then, um, it's like, it's like a harmony Corinne moment where you're just like, uh, no, please don't do that. No, uh-uh. thank you. Uh, so then, uh, Hess wakes up and is fine. And it's like, yeah. And, but he still dead. has blood on his shirt from where he'd gotten stabbed, but, it's like, like, looks like nothing has happened to him. Like he's like a superhero all of a sudden now, or Mm -hmm. like a vampire type of person who knows. So yeah. So goes in and finds, uh, Dr. Hightower, Mr. Hightower's body. Mm-hmm. There's a, and there's a big pool of blood that's all around him. And he's like, there's that moment of hesitation. And then it's just like down on the knees, lapping up the blood from the floor. Like so this delicious. is where, it, mm-hmm. like, this is where it started to feel very Martin to me. And then I was like, oh, okay, so here we go. We have someone who he has some sort of powers, but he doesn't make a big deal out of it. And he's, he's a vampire, but he's not really a vampire. And I liked it. It's like if Martin had been super hot and super rich, this is the story, right? Where he has like Martin every was super hot for us, but yeah, well, yes. not. <laughs> but this is not next in level. this kind of way. This <laughs> yeah, is like this supermodel is... hot, right? No, no offense to John Amplis, who is cute that. as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is like this is like a whole nother like this guy. Yeah, this is the guy that like you see this guy like at like a fancy hotel bar, and this is like you're d- definitely walking away with him. So he yeah. walks in anywhere, and he just kind of has that power over people too. So mm-hmm. he is hungry now after he drinks Hightower's blood and he's like, well, I'm going to have to keep doing this. So first before that, though, he prays out in the forest, like out in his, out in his acres. And he's like, I better try to get myself out of here. Cause I'm obviously stuck in some weird loop and he tries to kill himself. And after he says this little prayer, it doesn't work. He nothing happens to him. He tries to shoot himself and it's like, he can't die now. So he goes to a blood bank and decides to get some blood. Um, he sets fire to like a little trash can where he like was left in a room to like be um, a blood donor. And um, he actually goes and raids their refrigerator and grabs a bunch of blood and takes yeah. it home. He's very efficient. Like, okay, yeah, I'm going to need then- this and this is what I'll do. 
and so goes home. He's having like a garden party at his house and just like gets some blood, puts it in a wine glass, comes on out, like no big deal. Like, Hey, well, first he's like, no, I don't drink before five. I'm fine. But then his hands start shaking and he's like around all these people. And clearly he needs something to drink. So he's like, okay, goes down to his special refrigerator down in his basement near his wine cellar and Mm -hmm. grabs and pours Mm -hmm. himself a beautiful, uh, I was going to be like blood pino. Uh, Uh, so yeah. she, he goes in and then there's a lady that he's talking to and he, she, she just grabs the wine glass out of his hand and drinks it. And of course spits it out. Because people she, be doing that. I was like, really lady? Like, why are you grabbing somebody's cocktail or their wine out of their hand? Like this yeah, is that's she must such be the gall. Pretty drunk to do that. Just be like, Hey, I want some of that. And just, but of course spits it out. Then she's like, Oh, it'll be fine. Just put some vodka and black pepper in it. She gets like, Seneschal to come out, the servant, little Rami mouth to come out. And she's like, add vodka and, and some like, make it a bloody Mary. Basically. She's like, add, add some, you know, um, some pepper and, and some lemon juice. Like it'll be great. And he tries to serve it to her that way and serve it back to Hess that way. And he pukes. Yeah. It makes him sick. So it seems like he can't really eat anything now. Like he does, that's all he like living off of blood. That's all he can, anything else makes him sick. And if the blood so, is tainted in any way, it's, it's disgusting for right. him. So he can't do so it. So now that he knows he needs more, he goes out to find a lady. So he goes out to a bar and finds a lady who I loved this character so much. She was so much fun to watch. Uh, she's and, great. She's and super great. Like hoe with a heart or just a fun yeah. hoe. She seems like a fun hoe. Like yeah. she's and, great and you know, he's on her teeth a little bit, a little dirty, just yeah. in the right kind of ways. Uh-huh. And yeah. he's I mean, he's so classy and like there's no lady on earth that's gonna say no to that, especially if she thinks she's gonna pay her, right? Oh, like smell money too. Like he looks like money, his clothes are right, like everything about him, you know what I mean? Though like you see that guy, you're like, Oh, that guy's buying us drinks tonight. Like I feel like that's like me and my friends in Vegas. Sorry guys, just kidding. Not sorry. <laughs> I call it reparations as well. <laughs> Like we're trying to get the equal pay. So I, I, I make the guys pay in drinks. Right. So anyway, <laughs> she, um, he says his name is, she's like, Oh, what's your name? sir?" So he's like, Oh, I'm Mr. Long. She's like, Oh, what's your first name? He's like, Dick. I was like, Oh, so this is one of the times he kept, he's, this is like, I think the second or third fake name he's given in the movie as well. He keeps giving fake names. Like when he went to like the blood play, the blood cl- the clinic to give right. blood, like he's keeps giving fake names. Uh, so he ends up taking her back to his sweet ass pad, uh, where she has this line, no licky, no sticky, no ticky, no tacky. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what it means, but I'm into it. (laughs) Well, not without money. She was like, I basically am laying down my ground rules. These are the things I'm willing to do. I won't do it unless you tell me how much. And he's like, how much? And she's like, 500 to start. Let's get going. So he's like, you know, pulls off her top of her dress and start, he bites her nipple, but he does not stop. Like basically bites it off kind of. And like, she's like, not okay with it. She grabs the wine key and stabs him in the back with the wine key. It's sucking him in the back, but it's not going to fuck him up because as we know, he's kind of, you know, impenetrable now. Um, but he drinks her blood and it's not, doesn't taste right to him. Yeah. So he ends up going in the bathroom and getting sick. Uh, and he pulls out in her, she has some sort of medication or drugs in her bag that she's been taking. It looks uh, like they're now, probably for AIDS or antiviral yeah. or something. And so, so now he's so, cause he, he, stra- he strangles her and he slits her throat, uh, drinks her blood. And I think I was like, Oh, she's, she's totally dead. But she's not, not cause she says, you killed me. 
<laughs> Motherfucker, you killed it me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh no. So he's not looking good after this. Like she, she does eventually pass, move on, I think. But he gets mm-hmm. a ride from one of his beautiful drivers because he's got all these drivers as he goes into the city from his like beach house place. And right, um, he's got his house on Mar- Martha's Vineyard, but then mm-hmm. also has his place in the city. And you're like, how many houses does this guy have to go and get an HIV test? Because now he thinks he's drunk. Uh, tainted blood yeah uh, he doesn't look said, good and the driver's yeah. like man are you okay and he's like yeah summer colds are the worst he's like man it's not summer <laughs> like he looks <laughs> like shit <laughs> Uh, so when he comes home, there's a phone call uh, from Mrs. Hightower, who uh, just demands that where she wants to know where her husband is. She's been told that he's been staying at her house. And can she talk to her? And he's, no, you can't come to the phone right now. Uh, but it turns out that she's at the airport. And it's like, Martha's oh, vineyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, I'm here. You need to come get me because I have nowhere to go. And I want to see my husband. I'm waiting for him until he comes back. So he says, okay. And this is the point, like, for me, I'm like, I can tell on the phone, you're not going to be fun. <laughs> like, it's not going to be a fun time. I kind of don't, like, I would just be, I would just say no. Like, I would just say I no. Think he's used to dealing with bitches of her caliber. Do you know what yeah. I mean though? Like, I feel like they have a shorthand, which is why I think they fall into each other's, like into cahoots real quick together after this, yeah. because they are both like, these certain types of black people that run in this level of circle. Do you know what I mean though? Like this type of money, like she understands that the fact that she would demand a driver come get her, you see her luggage, you see, do you know what I mean though? Like what we're kind of dealing with, with her. Um, I see. So I think he responds to that more than he would respond to any type of other woman, honestly. So I see why he was just like, yes. Okay, fine. I'm sending a driver. So-and-so will be there for you. Look out for Seneschal. He will be there for you. Great. And you, she is stunning. Uh, Zara mm-hmm. Abrahams, who plays Ganja, like both of them together, you're like, damn, well, this is just delightful, isn't it? Like, right. And, but, and, you know, but she's, even though she's kind of overwhelmed by his money, she's also trying to play it like it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like, oh yes, I've seen this thing, but it's no big deal. Well, it's also know? like her goal. Like clearly she thought she was going to get into that with Hightower because she talks about how they met like on a trip on the way to Saint-Tropez and she like was like, yes, like he was, you know, we were in the airport and he like basically like just like found me and, um, you know, and, and I think this is what she had dreamed of was somebody yes. like this, but she did not get that. She got crazy ass going to Bellevue dealing with some crazy mental right. stuff, you know, guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so she tries to yeah. read him real quick. I love this where she's like, okay, well, are you gay? Are you married? Do you have kids? Like she like is like, sus- like sussing it out in the first two minutes. I was like, oh, she is trying to make a move right now. Yeah. And, Cause you know, mm-hmm. she, he asked her what she wants and she says money. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the end of that sentence. And you're like, okay, she's like, there you are. Well, I got that. <laughs> yeah. So they end up uh, drinking wine and getting high together. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells her that uh, I've killed a human being and it doesn't really phase her at all. She's just kind of nothing. And I was like, wow, no, she's, I think she's taking it in and she's kind of just like, well, I feel like there's sometimes you think about what type of casualties are behind a person with that type of wealth. And I think mm-hmm. she's like weighing the, weighing the options of like, I'm willing to handle that. And yeah. so, and she, you know, she says, how come every rich man I meet is fucked up? <laughs> Why couldn't you be sane or normal when he shares this? So she does have kind of a moment of like, well, that's pretty jacked up. But then yeah. he tries to tell her that her husband committed suicide and she's not a hundred percent 
sure of that. And she's also like, well, maybe this person you talked about, you just killed. Is that my husband? But she doesn't seem too 100% mad about that either. No. She's like, she's got her sight, the eyes on the prize. She's mm-hmm. like, okay, this is the goal here. Um, so they, uh, they kiss. They, they do it. They have a moment where they talk, well, they talk about like the beginning of time and about the first people and like Adam and Eve and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, Ooh, what is, what is happening? How are they? And you get that he is also, you can tell he's been lonely. Do you know what I mean? Though, like he's been alone in this house and like, here comes this like beautiful creature of a woman, like into his space that seems down for the get down, you know? So they have a weird, like ET finger moment though, where they like touch fingers. I I put that that in my notes too. I was like, Oh, E.T.? That was like E.T. Uh, and then they make out and then now they're like hot ass sex scene. Hell yeah. But he try- he has it. to stop in the middle though because he like gets hungry and you're like oh no mm-hmm. he doesn't want to kill her though because he really likes her. So he runs down and drinks some blood and then he comes back and is like okay now I can do it. <laughs> like, yeah. And she's like huh? Yeah, what just they- happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the, the next day uh, when she wakes up he goes uh, he's going out somewhere in his little MG in his little mm-hmm. sweet sweet sports car and he's got like a driving outfit on with gloves. It's so dashing. It's so I dapper. It's so Deborah, but before that, they have a little breakfast and like she asks more questions about the money. She's like, oh, Where'd you get yeah. the money? And he's like, It's not polite. She's like, uh, we're not polite anymore. Like, we're beyond that right now. And he mm-hmm. tells them about how his family was um had the first African American um firm on Wall Street and like a little bit about the family history. And so now we know where all this money has actually come from and why he's in this big house alone. He says, You're I love my home. My home is to shield and shelter me. So you get that he's really bu- literally built a fortress around himself mm-hmm. and his heart. Um, and he loves his home. Um, and, uh, and I like mm-hmm. this line that uh, Ganja says is, uh, you have not because you ask not. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be her kind of mantra, right? Where she just is ask anything and doesn't seem shy about it. So she's, you know, very different and very obviously at his level. And I think they connect very well because mm-hmm. on the first date, first date, I love you. And I was like, wow. Yeah, he says, I love you. Yeah, he says, I love you. And this is an evening. They have dinner you know, at nine and she says she wants to marry him. And like, he's like, I love you. And you're like, oh shit, we literally just met like the day before. Um, but he needs to feed. So he heads into the city yeah. and goes, finds this like sweet little mom with a baby hanging out at the Fort Greene projects, like hanging out on a bench. And she's like, you want a party? He's like, yep. yep. So she's like a day uh, hooker with her kid. Yeah. Or just being like, well, I wasn't going to, but look at this guy and he's going to give me a bunch of money. Like, why not? And, mm-hmm. but he's so, I like the performance of, uh, Stephen Tyrone Williams. Cause he's so kind of awkward and feels like he's not human and he can't really connect to humans. Cause he really only sees them as food now. Like it's this very removed. It's very interesting. Probably, I really like probably it. Probably already kind of like that. Cause he was already kind of like that. Even at the beginning before he turned, he's like so nerdy, mm-hmm. like that he, like people don't often match his level. I think of like, so he just is kind of has to, you know, he just assesses. And now, like you said, he's just looking for food now. Mm-hmm. So he's like, are you going to invite me up? So he ends up going up to the, her and leaves the baby in the crib crying for his mom. And then she's in a puddle of blood on the bed left. Yeah. So he is no, no scruples. This, this man doesn't even care about the baby. Nothing. Uh, meanwhile, we have uh, Ganja being a fucking dick to Seneschal. And I'm like, no, no, be nice so to Seneschal. Yeah, he takes her shopping in the city and like they get back home and she's like, okay, he has to get all the groceries out the back. She's like, you're taking forever. Makes him take her hand as he's like got like five bags in his arms, like trying to like carry everything out. Oh, 
Uh, yeah. And it's so good because they have this. Then they go back in and they have this scene in the in the kitchen where she's like, "Oh, I need to go down to the wine cellar." And he's like, "No, you can't go to the wine cellar. Nobody's allowed in the wine cellar. I'm not allowed in the wine cellar. No." And so finally, she he's like she just won't push it and push it until he finally yells. And it's so good. Cause you can tell that's the character who like, he's like, I don't, I don't like to raise my voice, but do you need red wine right, right now? Kind you of don't thing. Need red wine right now. And she's like, no, I do need it now. And you're like, okay, okay lady. Okay. There's she's now the boss. Reason, but she takes a flashlight down there and it is a creepy ass cellar. And there's like weird masks and stuff like that, that like from his like African art collection. And she's like, uh, she goes down there and looks through his deep freezer and she finds her freaking ex-husband's head. Yep. Uh, that's not good. So yeah. comes back and, but they have dinner and she's being real weird at dinner. And he's like, uh, what's happening? You're not eating. Um, she gives him this big monologue about her brothers when she was growing up and used to pick on her and, um, and how it changed her and how her, how her parents treated her. Uh, and the double whammy of being a black woman. Yeah. And they were like, I feel like my dad had this conversation with me uh, many a time of like, Hey, you're a lady. Uh, you're a black lady is like, it's like another level of you're going to have to take care of yourself because no one's going to be looking out for you in any type of way. So she always knew how to fight for herself and knew that even she was like, even at nine years old, she told him it's not fair, but she's like, I know Ganja has to take care of Ganja. And that's all I know. Mm-hmm. So now she, uh, he admits that uh, he's addicted to blood, mm-hmm. uh, and so she says, "You're a vampire," and he says, "What I am is in love with you." Smooth answer to that one, Smooth. right? Right? And he like has moved, and like meanwhile they were on this like big table, dining table. It's like one, of, it's like Dracula or like one of those things yeah. where like he's like the other end, and he moves over to her side of the table you know, towards Mm -hmm. the other end with her and like sits closer with her as they have this whole conversation towards the end. And, you know, they, uh, they, um, they end up dragging out Lafayette's body to the water and letting put him out there. And then next scene, wedding, Mary, (laughs) (laughs) okay. And Seneschal's face at the wedding is so good. He's so unhappy with it. Cause now it's got just them on the beach. It's Seneschal, Ganja and Hess on the beach with a minister and that's it. So it's this small little wedding on the beach. Um, I just wrote, I love Rami, his character actor (laughs) who's paraded as a leading man. He's such a great character actor. Like I love him doing weird shit. And this is one of those wonderful little performances from him. His face, like you said, is he hates her so much. Uh huh. Uh, so she uh, then their wedding night. Uh, he uh, wants to want, wants her to live forever. So does whatever he does to kill her, right? Yep. But it's not actually killing her. He's turning her. Not clear exactly how that's happening, but that's okay. We think she's dead. We think first they just killed her, mm-hmm. but then I was like, oh, he fucked wakes, it up. Mm-hmm. But nope, wakes up gasping uh, and ends up re- like uh, eating raw meat out of the fridge. Like she's all fucked up and trying to like. Figure she's, out what's so happening. Fr- she's freshly turned. Yeah. She's hyperventilating. Like, uh, 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 she devours all that meat and she's really thirsty and he gives her some blood to drink and kind of satiates her. And then she's like, what have you done to me? Um, she's like, I feel like you killed me. And now she's exhausted and wants to sleep. So he hooks her up. Um, but then, um, in, and gets her feeling kind of normal ish as much normal as you can in this particular state. Um, cause he wanted her to hang out with him forever, but he invites a friend over for some drinks for that evening. An yeah, old like, okay. friend. 
that's an inter- interesting move because we know uh, she, someone's hungry, right? Someone needs to eat, and we'll uh, invite this girl that I used to date. Uh, so then he excuses himself from the room. He has some work to do and leaves uh, Tangier and Ganja together, who uh, start to get a little bit sexy. A little bit sexy. It's pretty hot. This was might be yep. my favorite sequence of the movie. Um, <laughs> leaves the ladies alone. And I was like, ooh. And I wrote, they better make out. That was in my notes. And then I was like, not disappointed because they do pretty swiftly. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. They dance together. And Tangier is hot. She's definitely like mixed. She's got blue eyes and like beautiful, like gorgeous, curly, gorgeous hair. And she says that she... Um, they talk about how they don't really have womanly companionship. They're both kind of those girls that definitely probably have a lot more dude friends. Do you know what I mean though? For whatever reason, like, you know, cause they're so bitchy. I bet other women don't like them <laughs> for real, but also Ganja grew up with all those guys. Like she has all these brothers. So she's used to being around men. And I imagine Tangier seems very similar that way too, but that's a whole nother sub episode to talk about why that happens with women. Um, with so girlfriends, but yeah, this, uh, this, uh, if she could take a shower. I was like, yeah, random. What? We're just yeah. go dancing in this living room about to make out. Can I take a shower? It's like, oh, she wants to make sure she's extra clean for whatever is about to happen. I was like, okay. Yeah, I, I get that. But also you should have cleaned yourself before you got there. And like, I don't you're think all she knew she up. was going to be getting she- down. Okay. All right. <laughs> I understand. But so you're kind of like, you're kind of like, you know, ruining the moment to go, you know, go take a shower, but that's okay. But she also made up- it a show. Cause I feel like she's been in that house before. Cause they are old family friends, like from like right. childhood from what we find out later. So she knows that that thing is all glass. So she basically puts on a show in that shower for Miss Ganja. So Ganja's in like red lingerie, smoking a fatty, watching yeah. freaking Tangier in the shower. I was like, okay. Drinking champagne, getting ready for some hot. hot lesbian bathroom sex. Yeah. Uh, so then you get it where they're having sex. Ganja's on top, starts choking her in a sexy way. No, she asked Tangier's into- like, choke me. And Ganja's yeah. like, really? And she's like, no, please. Like they're making out and like going hot and heavy. And she's like, no, no, choke me. So she does it and goes a little too far. Yeah. And just really just chokes her, chokes her, kills her to death. Um, and you have this shot of Ganja's face where there's this moment of disbelief that turns into satisfaction. Yeah, and because then, she's hungry. And so she's yeah. like, oh, perfect. This is a great opportunity. I shall drink. And so then we have a, the, the, a, an adorable husband and wife licking up blood from the floor together. What could, what could a couple ask for more? Uh, you know, a couple that has hobbies together that are very similar. It's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking up blood off of, you know, a dear friend, a lady friend, uh, is really together. And they also tra- drag that body out to the forest together. Um, yeah, but there's a moment, and this is a moment I want to talk to you about where she, uh, Tangier kind of wakes up again. Ganja's like, she's not, she's alive. She's alive. And he's like, no, she's not. She's a, has says we're not alive. Mm-hmm. So they're this weird undead state where they can see the person dead as alive, but they're actually dead. Yeah. I think that's maybe what happened with the other lady too. That's what it was with the, with the prostitute lucky earlier. Um, yes. So yeah. Are they now damned to this weird limbo state where they're alive and dead simultaneously, but actually can't do anything. That's a good question. I don't know. Pretty terrible, but he does like go back to the city and he sees the the lady, that mom from the projects and it looks like she's turned her baby as well. And like, she's apologizing to the baby and we go back, cut back to the church. We're coming full circle now from the beginning of the film. Um, and they've got a song and Hess is in the back of the church sitting in the back. And the song is, you got to learn to let it go when it's all over. You've got to learn to let it go is the refrain of the song. Um, 
And this is great. There's some wonderful musicians and some great actors. He just called a lot of his friends to be in this scene because I was just like, oh my God, John Baptiste. He's the guy um, who leads the band for um, um, Colbert's show. He's freaking amazing, amazing musician. He's been leading some of the marches of Black Lives Matter. I saw him out and about on the street. He's amazing. Um, Playing the organ. I think he's probably had some of the help with the music direction for this. And Bruce Hornsby did the music for this too. Um, Mm -hmm. Some really great character actors that I've seen doing a lot of August Wilson work and stage actors. A lot of them actually fill out this church and this scene. It's beautiful. I was super stoked to see all these actors in the scene okay so this is a weird such a weird turn for me though for mm-hmm. this character so it's something where you know he has his revelation in church that now he's going to kill himself basically mm-hmm. um and i don't I, I don't really know why i know he's been very lonely and he hasn't you know but now he just married ganja they seem to be doing really good together they're gonna like lip, lick up blood together and stuff so why he would went you back and saw that mom and what he's done you know what I mean though? Like right before that, and she's passed it on to her kid already. And as the refrain in the song said, there's a time when it's time to let it all go when you're done. I think that was part of the epiphany of what he has. And we have these cool little kind of reminds me of Malcolm X just the beginning, like tracking shots, center focus, like of, of him kind of whirling himself through this church and realizing like kind of what he's become. I think he hadn't really had a reckoning with himself like that since the turn had happened to him. Uh, um, meanwhile, back at the house, uh, Ganja stabs Seneschal. So oh, no. So don't stab him. Yeah, but then when she tells and she confesses that later to Hess that like, hey, I killed Seneschal. And he says, actually, no, we both did. Because he's turned her into this monster. He, I think, is acknowledging that he's made her a killer as well because of what she's um, done. And he decides to starve himself. He stops, you know, eating and stops drinking um, and stands in the shadow of this cross, like out in his little beach guest house. Um, uh, which con- which confused me. Uh, I didn't understand what was going on there. But in uh, Ganjan Hess, the, he, they say uh, they can be killed if the shadow of the cross and implement of torture falls across their darkened heart. And I was like, okay, I get it now. All right. I just need that little bit of explanation. And I'm like, I don't understand how you're dying. That would have been helpful in this one. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's why that's, that's why he's in the shadow of the cross. Uh, And he wants her to stay with him forever. And she's like, I don't think so. (laughs) No, she doesn't. She's not ready to give up right now either. She hasn't had that moral um, epiphany or revelation. Right. But she, I think there's mm -hmm. that other level of her that also even the human level that realizes now everything is hers. Yeah, she, she literally everything. got everything she ever wanted. All she wanted was the money. So she's literally got that now. She's, you know, uh-huh. the widowed bride now. Um, and he dies in Ganja's arms. And then we have um, her in this beautiful, like, kind of black widow outfit. It's this great, like, sheer black cape. But she's got this, like, white negligee on underneath. And she walks down to the beach um, near where they had their wedding before. And she walks to the beach and she comes across a hungry, turned Tangier naked on the yep. beach when they and stand they, together uh, yeah looking out at the beach looking pretty happy and mm-hmm. i think she really she comes out on top in this situation she kind of got everything she wanted uh and tangier in the bonus so mm-hmm. right on there um so yeah i this is um maybe my favorite uh spike lee movie that i've watched nice. uh i i really i thought it was really great it was really interesting and i loved uh the the, both of the actors or main characters are so great. Um, and a lot of the filmmaking stuff was interesting and what a, just a cool, cause we, is, you know, he's a vampire. That's not unlike, it's not unlike any other vampire, like in a Martin kind of way where he's not really, yeah. but he has powers, right? He's immortal more than Martin who is questionable about that. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Mm-hmm. He's definitely got that, but he's also there's something more human about him that I really love the struggle that you see that he goes through. And I think that's what we love about Martin too, is like, it's really his question of like, who am I in the grand scheme of the, like the world of humanity and like, how can I connect with people? And he has a really, really hard time. And you, and you, and you see that, um, it's a really beautiful, really beautiful word, really beautiful acting. Um, gorgeous home that MG just for that MG alone. Goodness. So hot. So hot. Thought of thought of meeting that gentleman and going home with a gentleman is, is very appealing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I get it. I was like, I would be lucky. I'd be like, yeah, give me uh, give me all that money. And I'll hang out with you all day, whatever you want, <laughs> even the Mr. weird Go- shit. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous man. Yeah. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw over the gore factor in the movie rating to you today, my love. Oh, fab. Let's do it. Gore factor. One, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, a bathtub of blood. And five, run for the barf bag. This is definitely a full five. Uh, there's a lot of blood in this movie. Um, it is called The Sweet Blood of Jesus. And it's not yeah. just Jesus' blood. It's a lot of other people's blood <laughs> um, yeah. everywhere. Licking up giant puddles of blood, I think, Aaron drew a five lots of puddles of blood and then we got our movie ratings um zero to five chainsaws one if you're desperate two barely qualifies three seen worse seen better four not too shabby five fantastic oracle i give this a five i really enjoyed it i i really love spike lee i'm a forever i love his film so much and i'm kind of annoyed that i didn't see this on the big screen like that makes me a little mm-hmm. sad but I, this was so um it was super spike but it was also just like hardcore in the genre and i loved everything about that like i just like that it was it was a nice marriage um even with yeah. the strangely maybe feeling like despair opening but i loved the kind of full circleness of the music coming together um i liked a lot of the artists he worked with sayida garrett wrote one of the songs that was in there and like having like kind of like jazz influence i think over the um the vibe and feel of the movie anyway i just really i really loved it yeah, uh, I give it a, a four. Mm-hmm. I, uh, not too shabby. I really liked it. And, um, the only thing keeping me from five is that I was super into it until I watched like John Ganja and Heston. I was like, mm-hmm. realized how much of it shot for shot almost it is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well as a remake, it's great. But the, I would, uh, I would definitely recommend everybody out there to watch Ganja and Hess because it's such an unusual film, especially for 1974 three is this you know it's very art house mm-hmm. there's a lot of like really weird dreamy beautiful shots that's a different completely different feeling than this film so i would recommend if you do like a double feature walking back to back they're both very interesting films and um this is starting our round uh, we wanted to do and highlight uh black horror directors um and spike lee is more than just a horror director of course but he's uh, everything just, director he's yes. an everything director uh but so the next round is going to be all highlighting that so we are starting off uh, that round with a movie that neither one of us has seen uh, called Thriller. Yeah, so not the Michael are, Jackson Thriller, you guys. It's <laughs> yeah, a feature film. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're excited to talk about it. Uh, and it, it'll be a, a whole new thing. Whole new yeah. thing. Join our conversation with us on the internet. You can join us on the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, and patreon.com slash horror movie survival guide. Um, join us there um, along our journey. We have fun newsletters every month and all kinds of good stuff. Um, let us know what you think. Um, are there other um, black horror films that you would love us to cover that you're stoked yeah. about um, that you um, just love and watch it over and over again? Let us know. We'd love to hear more about that. 
and um, join us next week for Thriller and let us know what you think about Ganja and Hess and the sweet blood of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. We're up to talk to you about anything and we are excited to talk to you next week. We'll see you then.